This is Chaim Brabham. We, we could talk a little bit about Shavuot. Um, this year is given in memory of Dr. Jack Feldman, Zichrono Libracha, by his loving family. We have the occasion to speak in the past about Dr. Feldman, and we're thankful for the support we get from the family. We all know that Shavuot is the holiday that celebrates Matan Torah. That's very clear to us. I mean, even though it's not so obvious how we got to that. All the Torah talks about other things, but we'll leave that be for the moment. Shavuot is the holiday of Matan Torah. But it's not eminently clear to us what that means. What is it that the people of Israel received? Did they receive Torah Shemichtav? Well, let's do it this way. Did they receive the Aseret Adibrot, the Ten Commandments? Did they receive the Torah Shemichtav about those Ten Commandments? For example, Shabbat is mentioned many times in the Torah, and we're directed many times to keep the Shabbat. But the Shabbat also appears in the Aseret Adibrot. Also appears in the Aseret Adibrot. So let's go through it again. What Torah exactly was received on Har Sinai? Well, first of all, we have to admit the fact that Moshe Rabbeinu went twice up to the mountain of Sinai to get the Torah. The first time, I guess you could call it a failure. The first time Moshe Rabbeinu went to the the mountain and the people of Israel aided and assisted by Aaron HaKohen built the golden calf. And as we've pointed out in the past, the golden calf, the golden calf was a, a certainly either idolatrous or close to being idolatrous. It certainly doesn't seem reasonable. Doesn't re- re- seem to be reasonable that the uh, people would be waiting for Moshe Rabbeinu to bring the Torah and. At that very time, organizing the golden calf and singing and dancing to that idolatry. But that seems to be what happened. The difference between the first time that Moshe Rabbeinu went up to the mount and the second time that Moshe Rabbeinu went up to the mount had to do with who prepared the stones upon which the Ten Commands would be written. The first time Moshe Rabbeinu went up to the mountain, it was God who supplied him with the stones that became the Aseret Adibrot. The second time, HaKadosh Baruch tells Moshe Rabbeinu, you, 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 the stones, you make it ready, make the stones, you, you'll take the stones up to the mountain, and then I, HaKadosh Baruch will write the Ten Commandments there. Now, does that make a difference? Yes, there is a difference. What is the difference? It's not perfectly clear. Not perfectly clear, so we have to think about it. We have to think about it. 
The Torah that we know about is divided into two large sections. with Torah Shebechdav, which we usually think is consisting of the five books of the Torah, Breshit, Shmot, Vayikra, Bamidbar, that we're reading in Shul and Dvarim. These five books are Torah Shebechdav. They're the Torah that's written down. And then there's the Torah Shaval Peh, which I like to divide into two sections or two layers. There's Torah Shaval Peh, which is connected to Rashi Bechtav. In, in, in other words, there's a Pasuk. But there's no way to understand the Pasuk prior, properly without Torah Shaval Peh. The Rambam, in making this statement, quotes Sukkah, for example. The Torah says, seven days, you should live in a sukkah. But it doesn't tell you what a sukkah is. Now, it may be that in those days, the days when the Torah was given, people did understand what a sukkah was. But for us, we know that the Gemara goes through every possible detail imaginable about building a sukkah. How bit high? How wide? Can you sit in it halfway or full way? I mean, endless numbers of questions that are answered in the in the that are answered in the Torah of Alpeda relates to the Psukim of the Torah Shabbat. Besides that, there's the Torah of Alpeda the Chachamim gendered that they told us about. So how does the Torah Shvichtav that we know about and the Torah Shvichtav that we know about relate to relate to what the Torah tells us about Matan Torah? So it would seem, it seems that Moshe Rabbeinu received the Torah Shvichtav, the written Torah, and was told to teach it to B'nai Yisrael, and he did. In fact, it turned out that he did it for 38 years because B'nai Yisrael refused to go to Eretz or to receive, to, to make themselves the owners of Eretz Yisrael. They refused that. They stayed in the desert, and they stayed there for 38 years. During those years, Moshe Rabbeinu taught B'nai Yisrael taught them the Torah Shabbat, chapter by chapter, section by section, and the Torah Shabbat that made the Torah Shabbat comprehensible. So where is this idea? Where does this idea come to at the beginning? Where do we find out that you need Torah Shabbat and Torah Shabbat? So I think I think if you look in the third at the third uh, source, Perak Yud Zion, we see these Sukim took place after the battle against Amalek, after the battle against Amalek, which B'nai Yisrael uh, persevered. They won the battle. They did not do away with the Amalekites. But they won the battle of Amalek against uh, Bnei Israel 
at the time of Yitziat Mitzrayim. And then the Psukim say this, I hope you can see it. I hope you can see it. One second. Hashem says to Moshe Rabbeinu, write down what happened. Well, how did Moshe Rabbeinu know what to write down? What well, he was there. He participated in the battle against Amalek. The Kodesh Baruch says to him, Ktov zot zikaron b'sefer. Ktov zot zikaron b'sefer. That's Torah Shemichdav. What is it that he's supposed to remember? Well, he's supposed to remember that the battle against Amalek is ongoing. That they had not, they had not finished the job. It was not at all clear that B'nai Israel had done the mitzvah Mechiat Amalek. We'll find out about that later on, but Moshe Rabbeinu is directed by Kodesh Bogu. Ketov Zot Zikaron B'Sefer. Write it down. And then the second part of the Pasuk, B'Simbos Na Yoshua. What do you mean the sin of Yoshua? Sin what? You're going to put the book that you wrote down into Yoshua's ear? That seems odd. So what it means is because every story has a Torah what he knows, what you know about it, what is that going to be? I will destroy, wipe out the memory. That's the Torah Shemal The Torah Shemal says there's something left to do. The Torah Shemal is what happened. That when B'nai Israel left Mitzrayim, the, 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 uh, the Egyptians ran after them, and they were vanquished at Yamsuf, and then the Amalekites came, and they tried to dis- destroy B'nai Yisrael. So we see, we see that there's a kind of a hint in this Pasuk, I think, that tells us that in order to tell something in a, in a real way, in order to be able to repeat honestly what happened and what is implied by what happens there has to be Torah Shebichtav and Torah Shebaalpeh of the same event but the same event the Torah Shebichtav apparently gives you the broad limits, the directives the things that can be compressed into a sentence a written sentence a sentence in a book but every time you write something, there is apparently a need for interpretation. And the interpretation comes from the people who are schooled in the manner, in the matter that the 
written Torah shows us. So here you have it. Hashem says to Moshe, I want to tell you how you remember the text, how it becomes a kind of living thing. Write it down. Write it down as a memory, a way of remembering. And put it into Yoshua's ears, meaning details. This is what the future is about. In the future, which is why Zechra Amalek is important. That's why it's important. If we look at the first source again, the first source says, El Moshe, this is Moshe, El Moshe Amar Alei El Hashem Atav Aaron, Nadav Aviu, Vishivim Mizikne Yisrael, Vishtachavitem Mirachok, Vishtachavitem Mirachok. El Moshe Amar. And finally, HaKadosh Baruch speaks to Moshe Rabbeinu and says, Aleil Hashem, go back up to the place of God on Har Sinai. Who's going to go up? You don't, right? You go up, but not so far. Not too far, because... While it's true that all these people have a special, have special importance in the process of receiving the Torah, but they're not like Moshe Rabbeinu. Pasuk Bet. So Rashi says, Rashi says, well, Moshe Maralei. Rashi says, Rashi is not daunted by uh, chronology, as you know. According to Rashi, uh, there is a chronology, but it's not usually represented, it's often not represented by what it says in the Torah. So the Rashi says, in the, in the, in the parasha of Yitro. This parasha, which is in, in, uh, Mishpatim was said before the parsha in in Yitro. Okay, and at the fourth day of Sivan, right? We we know that the actual giving of the Torah was on the sixth of Sivan, but on the fourth of Sivan, go up. That's what that's what it says. Back to the Chumash. Vinigash Moshe Levado. Moshe Rabbeinu went to get the Torah by himself. He had an entourage, but the entourage was not worthy. It was not worthy, something that is often the case, right? Avram Avinu goes with Yitzchak, Vakedat Yitzchak, and Yishmael, and Eliezer stay behind. Because just to watch, demands a certain spiritual level. They are not going to be able to come with him. 
And Moshe Rabbeinu came and told the people, spoke to the people, called the Bri Hashem, now what a kol mishpatim? Kol mishpatim sounds like the parasha of mishpatim. The parasha of mishpatim comes after Yitro. Vayan kol ha'am kol echad vayomru, and they all said, this is vayavo Moshe, vayisaper lahem. What is vayisaper lahem? Torah shabal peh. And kol derei Hashem, kol derei Hashem, exactly what he heard. Is what he told them that call a mishpatim, vayan call a am call a echad vayomru. The response is also Torah shabal peh. Call a dvarim asher diber Hashem naaseh. That's what the people said because they had all the mishpatim. Everything they had, they had mitzvot. Do this, refrain from doing that, so that they said naaseh. They said naaseh because it's all. What Moshe Rabbeinu repeats the words of Hakadosh Baruch Hu. Then this pasuk, Vayichtov Moshe, called it Rei Hashem. According to Rashi, it's before he went up on the mountain to get the Torah a second time. What is Vayichtov Moshe called the Rei Hashem? What did he? What did he write? What did Moshe Rabbeinu write? Called the Rei Hashem. Vayeshkein b'boker v'mizbech tagar. Okay. Moshe Rabbeinu made it into a special event, but look at Rashi. Rashi. On that very day, the fourth day of Sivan at Kol Devrei Hashem, Mitzvat Brishav Hagbala. We know that before they got the Torah, Moshe Rabbeinu uh, spoke the words that HaKadosh Baruch Hu had given him, and they were about Brishah, right? Abstaining from sexual matters. And Hagbala, and that they should recognize the fact that everybody had a limit. That call her mishpatim. So we said, what are the mishpatim? We thought there was maybe the parsha of the parsha of mishpatim after Yitro. Rashi says, no, sheva mitzvot shenitztavu b'nei Noach v'shabbat v'kavod avaim u'para aduma v'dinim shenitnu lehem b'merabara. So Rashi reminds us that there was a Torah given to b'nei Yisrael before Matan Torah. Before the Torah was given at Mount Sinai, the Torah was given in a place called Marah. And while the Torah given in Marah was not uh, uh, complete, right? Rashi says, at Kola Mishpatim, who are the, how many Mishpatim did they have? So he quotes, Sheva Mitzvot Shedistavu B'nai Noach. They had those from Noach. The Shabbat. They had Shabbat and the man, the keyboard of Aim. Well, they had that somehow. Paraduma, we don't know why that was included, but it was apparently according to this version of Raji. Vidinim, Shinitnu Lahem Maradinim has to do with the court system. Dinim Shinitnu Lahem Mara. So what, what was it? 
It was like a kind of a Matan Torah, a junior Matan Torah. Moshe Rabbeinu taught them mitzvot or reminded them of these mitzvot. Moshe means that's what they said. It's all Baal Peh. It's all Baal Peh. And then, Vayichtov Moshe, et kol divrei Hashem, Vayichtov Moshe. What did he write down exactly? What did Moshe write? We know that Moshe wrote down what happened in the war of Amalek, that we know. But what did he write here, Rashi? See, Rashi Pasuk Dalit? Vayichtov Moshe. Vibreshit ad matan Torah. Vikatav mitzvot shtitztavu b'marah. Rashi says a wondrous thing. Rashi says a wondrous thing. He said, Moshe Rabbeinu wrote a Torah before matan Torah. And he wrote the Torah before Matan Torah in order that B'nai Yisrael should have an opportunity to accept the Torah. Because had Moshe Rabbeinu come down from the mountain with the Torah, that certainly would not have had an opportunity to accept it. To accept that Torah. So here he says B'nai Yisrael took Torah Shvalpeh. And made it into Torah Shemichtav. That's the way I understand it. Vayichtov Moshe. Rashi says, that they had. They knew the stories. I don't know what the Nusach was, but they knew the stories about Avram and Yitzchok and Yaakov and Yosef. They knew all of them. They knew where they came from. They knew who they were. So Vayichtov Moshe means that The rest of the parasha, let's look at the parallel. The parallel, uh, the parallelism are in Peritala, the few psukim. They stood under the mountain and there was a great fire, darkness, Anan, clouds, Arafel, a kind of a darkness. So here it is, Matan Torah of Kol. The Matan Torah of Kol is, of course, Torah Shmuel Peh. Vayagid lahem et brito. And Moshe and Hashem spoke to B'nai Yisrael and told them about the arrangement, the covenant that was going to be established. Asher tzivayet chem latzot, aseret haddivarim, vayichtevayim. So in this pasuk, in this pasuk you say, 
You see, it says, Kol dvarim atem shomim, utmuna inchem roim zulati kol. The kol, that's teresh valpeh. That's transferred from your mouth to your ear, from a mouth to a ear. That's teresh valpeh. Vayagid lachem et brito, asher tzivat chem laasot. And then HaKadosh Baruch Hu, again, Torah Shmuel Peh, Brito, Asher Tzivayat Chem La'asot, which was done in consort, the two, HaKadosh Baruch Hu agreed, and Bnei Yisrael agreed, Aseret HaDivarim, these ten different mitzvot, Vayichtevim Ashtei Luchot Avanim, so Torah, we started off again with Torah Shavalpeh, and we turned it into Torah Shavikhtav. So if I had to answer the question, why do we have Torah Shavikhtav and Torah Shavalpeh? So I would say again that they are intertwined but distinctly different. The Torah Shavichtav, the written Torah, the Torah that's written on parchment that we can look at and see and 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 uh, and respect together. And uh, often, you know, it's quite remarkable. Torah Shavichtav in the uh, 2,000 years of existence until the time of the Rishonim, well, the 4,000 years, I'm sorry, 4,000 years of existence until the time of the Rishonim, the Ramban. Every Sefer Torah in the world was almost exactly the same. In other words, it's possible with the text of Torah Shemichtav to maintain a singularity. Only one Torah Shemichtav. There's only one edition of the written Torah. And that edition is referred to here. And even though the Torah Shemichtav grew and includes what Moshe received at Har Sinai, the first time and the second time. Nevertheless, we've managed to preserve it in almost, almost imperfection, because that's our commitment to Torah Shemichtav. However, Torah Shemichtav, to be understood, needs a Torah Shemichtav. You have to know about the sukkah in order to do the mitzvah of sukkah. You have to know about uh, shechita in order to do the mitzvahs connected to Akilah, etc., etc., etc. So the Torah Shemichtav, the Torah Peh of the Torah Shemichtav and this interaction that goes on between Torah Shemichtav becoming like Torah Shemichtav and Torah Shemichtav becoming like, like Torah Shemichtav, that kind of interaction is necessary in order to understand to understand what Torah Shemichtav really is. Torah Shemichtav always needs the Torah Shemichtav. 
always needs further interpretations, explanations. And besides that, we have the Torah Peh, what we call Torah Peh, which includes a reassessment, a new kind of case, new ideas that have come up in the world, which we have to reintegrate into the study, into study of the Torah. So when the Torah is given to Moshe Rabbeinu, all of these different aspects of Torah Shavuot and Torah Shavuot were taken into account. And it would seem that the first time Moshe Rabbeinu went up on Har Sinai, the first time Moshe Rabbeinu went up on Har Sinai, he received Torah Shavuot in the guise of the Ten Commandments and maybe uh, explanations or integrations of the Ten Commandments and all the 613, all the 613 uh, mitzvot, I mean, this may, this may in fact, this may in fact have been, have been the case. The second time Moshe Rabbeinu went up, I told you that Moshe Rabbeinu himself made the luchot heaven. He hewed the stones into the shape that he wanted so that HaKadosh Baruch Hu would be able to write the Aseret wrote on the stones. And is there a difference? I imagine that the first time when the stones were written by HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the chances of preservation were tremendous. What could B'nai Yisrael do to remove this level of preservation the second time? when God did not use the stones, but the stones were used by Moshe Rabbeinu, something that indicates perhaps a lessening of involvement that Moshe Rabbeinu might have had, a lessening of involvement that he might have had in, giving, in, in receiving the Torah. So that the first time, there is no mention of Torah Shaval Peh, and only the second time, when... You have to mention Torah Ben because, after all, the first time, Chazal say that B'nai Yisrael heard two of the Ten Commandments, and they misunderstood them. They were able, in spite of the fact that they heard Hashem say those words, or speak the the speak of Aseret Adibrot, in spite of that, they made a mistake. They said the wrong shot. They didn't get it because they were not fortified by Torah Balpeh. So the Mephoshim that deal with this kind of question would say that the first time Moshe Rabbeinu received the Torah, it was all Torah Mechtav. And they, they were left with the idea that they could intuit the correct direction. B'nai Yisrael in building the golden calf proved that they could not do that. They were not able to intuit what was right and what was wrong. So HaKadosh Bocha gave them another kind of Torah Shemitah. As we saw in the beginning of this evening, the other thing that HaKadosh Bocha gave them was the Torah Shemitah of the Torah Shemitah. It was no longer necessary to guess and what the Torah Shemitah meant, because we had the Torah Shemitah of the Torah of the Torah Shemitah. 
And so if you ask the Rishodim, if you ask the Rishodim, what was received at Har Sinai? What was the Torah that we received? So the Torah that we received was the necessity for having Torah Shaval Peh with Torah Shavichtav, the interpretive force with the stable force of Torah Shavichtav. And that's what we celebrate on Shavuot. And that's what we think about if we have the wherewithal about this holiday, which became the holiday of Matan Torah. Have a good Shabbos. Chag Sameach. All the best to you. Chag Sameach. Have a good Shabbos. Shabbat Shalom. Thank you. Chag Sameach.